Rob, let's let's have a bit of fun, shall we? Mm. Right. Let's go on to an owl an owl quiz. Oh Jesus. Give me give me an owl film there. Let's let's find about Christmas film. So your favourite Christmas film would be Home Alone, is that yes, right? Yes, correct. Give us now a few reasons there. Why is that so? I just like first of all, I think the premise is great. Just one a, a, a little fella, um, all by himself, as to burglars. Okay, one of which Where is we come with this. One of, the, one of which is Joel Pesci trying to break into a house, and like he has it just barricaded up to the nines with booby traps. That that is um, like because like the actual kind of set pieces and stuff in themselves. Like the only thing that makes it a Christmas movie is that it's set around Christmas. The same way that you know people say Die Hard is a Christmas movie. It's the same logic. This is I remember reading stuff. Um, about like how this Iron movie Man was considered so it was so violent that they were like how are we gonna pay, like how are we gonna pass this off as a family film because the stuntmen were like getting injured just like obviously people are being set on fire there's there's nails and irons whacking people about the place but it's it really it is i think the humor that wins me over because it's so it feels violent when we were watching it I, like every christmas we watch this and like we're in tears like like with just the sheer laughter of the whole experience and it's not just because it's because you know certain things are coming it's that rewatchable that you enjoy seeing the iron come down the vent or the the the, the blowtorch going or the, the the pellet going out through the dog the dog door it's everything about the it is so memorable it's just little little sort of isolated moment after moments that it's, it's so memorable that you can't get enough of it that you don't mind watching it again it doesn't have to have this complex story or this really heartwarming it, it has a heartwarming part to it like the, the, the whole man trying to find get a work, work way home but that's not what that's but not what people that's the like whole point though. that's not what, yeah that's what that's what bookends the movie she's upset that she's lost him and they pepper her throughout it a little bit but really it's about the violence of him taking down two yeah, burglars that's, that's what it is about yeah so rob now that that is your favorite christmas film why don't you pick a, f- a Christmas film that is not your favorite from this list, <laughs> so I can ask you questions about it? Okay. Uh, let's see. So we got things like Elf, the Santa Claus, uh, Santa Claus the movie, The Night Before Christmas, Jingle All the Way, The Polar Express, Scrooge. It's a Wonderful Life. I'll take the Santa Claus. Is that the Tim Allen one we're talking about here? The Santa Claus. That'll be the, yeah. Okay. Right. So let me go. Here we go. So the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Go on. All right. So there's only like two questions, so you're not doing too bad. Okay. In the 1994 film, The Santa Claus... 94? Jesus Christ. What is the restaurant that Tim Allen's character, Scott Calvin, takes his son to after burning the Christmas turkey? Is it Hooters? Uh, It's not. It's a real... I was in Hooters in Hamburg. Anyway, um, it was not a nice place. It's a real, like, American place. Real American. Is it a chain? Yeah, oh yeah. Is it IHOP? Oh, no, you're so close, though. Denny's. Yes, there you go. Damn it. I think it's right. definitely poor that I went to Hooters first over Denny's and IHOP. But anyway, <laughs> I don't know. That, is, yeah, that says a lot about you, actually. Okay, uh, referring to the film, what is the name of the dark-haired head elf that Scott Calvin meets when he first arrives at the North Pole? Oh, God. Here, well, I'll, give you, I'll give you a multiple choice, okay? Okay. Frank, Bernard, or John? Bernard. Nicely done, nicely done. I mean, I came up with those names in the spot, man. So. Yeah, you did very well. And they were both—they're all three very plain names. Not, 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 not to disgruntle any burners or, or anything like that. Yeah, and we lost half our listenership. <laughs> they're all burners. I mean, John is our friend who did the, the bloody team music to our show. <laughs> Good lord! I also promised him a shout out on this show. So, John, there's your shout out. Yeah, John. John thanks for doing the old uh, team tune for us, man. We appreciate that. Oh, really? People, people have been 
liking that. And even it fits to a Christmas theme. Put the old Christmas shingles over it. Shingles. <laughs> the old Christmas shingles. I'm, I'm not feeling great, let me tell you. I can do a Christmas shingle shingles. all the way. <laughs> shingle all the way. Uh, did you enjoy Christmas? I had a terrible one. Shingle all the way. Oh, God. <laughs> that would make that Arnold Schwarzenegger movie very, very different, if that's what the title was. That's true, yeah. Uh, I'm going to move on to the Santa Claus 2 now, so who, who knows how you're going to do in this. 2002 film. Oh, my God. I that's don't like... know this one. As I, I don't know this one nearly as well. Well, look, trust me. The first answer you're going to guess. Uh, what appropriate number is Santa wearing on his sweater during the football game with the elves? 25? Yes. What a guess. Okay, according to the film, how many days does Santa have to find a wife? When he is first told he has to marry. Oh! Actually, the, it's an, and it's it's here's the hint. It's a name. The same number is in the name of a horror film uh, about zombies. Oh, twenty-eight days. Hmm. Third. Well done. Okay. So, because no, I remember he has a little watch, and he has a certain amount of magic left that he can use to like do tricks to like make her fall in love with him. I actually do remember this a little bit. It's kind of creepy. All the yeah. sounds of things. It's, it's very weird. <laughs> Tim Allen, there you go. Okay, and then lastly, Santa Claus Tree. There's one question. It's also called, it's also called Santa Claus Tree, the escape clause, which is hilarious. <laughs> I've not seen this. <laughs> which member, you might guess it anyway, which member, it's, it's a pun, which member of the Council of Legendary Figures is the film's villain? Oh, um... Think of like an evil snowman. Oh, Jack Frost? Well done, Rob. You just did. You got like four out of goddamn five. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> you hinted them. And I guessed half of them. Okay. Uh, I guess it's my goal. Do you want me to do I'll, I'll, ask you, I'll happily ask you a few of these questions. Okay. Right. I'm going to go for, because it is genuinely probably my favorite Christmas movie. There's two of them that I'm, I'm torn between. So there's Nightmare Before Christmas and there's Scrooged. And I adore both of them. So which one? Well, we can do both. Well, Jesus. See how much questions there is on... on Scrooge first. Okay. Uh, there, there, are, there are five. Okay, well, there you go then. That's perfect. Let's go for it. Okay, oh, God. Okay. I haven't seen this film since literally last Christmas. Okay, so you ready? Oh, I'm ready. <laughs> As he gulps a beer in preparation. Oh, I, oh, I gulped a beer <laughs> to get that 6.8% of deliciousness. <laughs> <in this. laughs> Bye-bye, John and Bernard. Okay, so, referring to the 1988 comedy film Scrooge, d- <clears throat> what was Bill Murray's character's name? Oh, that's... I, I mean, I really should know this. Um, oh god I think his nickname is his nickname is Lumpy isn't that so bad I know his fucking nickname in the film oh. <laughs> Lumpy I don't uh, that, that's it yeah, because his girlfriend calls him Lumpy in it I don't want to say it's, it's Jack is it, it's something like Jack oh. I'm not going to remember that it's Frank Cross Frank Cross yeah god damn right. it his nickname is Lumpy though so okay, I mean, I'm so taking half what is the name that. of the dead executive who visits visits Bill Murray's character to warn him of the three Christmas ghosts. Oh, Jesus Christ. I knew I shouldn't have. I knew I should have said <laughs> I think you picked Christmas. a bad movie for this. <laughs> I did pick a bad movie. Uh, let me see. I don't know. I know he tries to shoot him up and he has a he has a hat on anyway. I'm not going to get it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a half point. For, I'll give you a half point for, for, for remember that he has a hat on. <laughs> he does. He a tries to point. shoot him and he takes his eyeball out at one point. Oh, sure, Jesus, I don't remember this at all. Um, his name is Lou Hayward. So I don't know if okay. you get that, because that's a very specific... That doesn't sound like an easy... These are weirdly specific questions to ask. <laughs> you like the number 25 and Jack Frost. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> <laughs> okay, 
How many of Bill Murray's brothers appear in this film, however briefly? I would have thought this, this is pretty neat. This is sort of like you just know if you've heard this before kind of thing. I don't think you'd know just watching it. Oh, there's Bill Murray's brother. Surely that's not the way this would work. No, and I know he has the like hint six is, or seven however, brothers. briefly as well. So I get I, these are obviously like some of these must be like like passing cameos at most. I'd say I'm gonna go something crazy like five. It's three apparently. I don't know if he has five brothers. Does he? Oh, he has loads of brothers. I think six or seven actually. Oh really? Oh, that's mental. Yeah, I know two of them. Brian Doyle Murray is one of them. He's in loads of things like Groundhog Day and stuff like that. Oh. You kind of know you'd know him to see him. Hmm. So you're definitely gonna get this one right. So Bill, uh, don't say that. <laughs> the film's tagline: Bill Murray is back among the ghosts. Only this time, it's three against one. This is in reference to which other of Bill Murray's movies? I mean, it's got to be Ghostbusters. It right? is Ghostbusters. <laughs> yes. Oh Christ, and mighty. <laughs> I love the way. I love the way that they're so stretched to come up with questions for Scrooge that they have to default to the film's tagline, and the, the answer is another film. <laughs> Why wasn't Lumpy there? Why his nickname should have been there? That's a I great th- one. I think. Look, I think the the fact that Home Alone isn't on this list, this is already a terrible list of questions. Or Die Hard. That yeah. So massive failings already. But anyway, we're doing it anyway. As it turns out. <laughs> okay. So final question, Ross. Are you ready? I mean, I've I've got one right so far, but okay. So great. Let's keep going. Uh, the Ghost of Christmas Past appears as what mythological creature? Silence is deafening. <laughs> the, no, no, no. Because hold on, I'm trying to think. I know there's the the, the fairy, there's a taxi driver. Get that the, the, the damn bone. You were only supposed to eat the damn bone. There is a there's death, and he has a computer screen on his on his monitor. Mm. And then there so is this is the, the ghost of Christmas past. Appears as what mythological creature? Yes. Good God. <laughs> the, the the one is his future with the monitor on it. Jeez. Uh, give me an old hint there. You've said it. Oh, have I? Then death. Or the fairy. The fairy. The fairy. It's a fairy. The fairy. There you According go. She's this. like this really silly, crazy, crazy girl who's like, keeps hitting them over the head and beating them and all that. Ah, <laughs> oh, Jesus. We definitely should have given you the nightmare first. <laughs> I'm looking at these questions now. They're more straightforward. <laughs> Don't say them or I'm going to get them wrong. And I'm going to leave <laughs> Do them you to I will go through them. Sure, go for one. Okay, here we go. Okay, let me think of a good one. Uh, let me see here. Who wrote the, the, the music for Never Before Christmas? Danny Elfman. Excellent. Who directed it? Henry Zellick. Oh my God, we're off to a great start. Oh man, here, I have to fucking, <laughs> I have to like edit that question out. <laughs> um, Jack t- tasks a trio to kidnap the Sandy Claws. What are the names of each of, what are the names oh, of each individual God. in the trio? Kidnap the Sandy Claws. Put him in a bag. And, anyway, um, I, they're like they're three things that like rip torn and lock or something like that they're kind oh, of like oh god is that close that's so close isn't you're, it you're, oh. you're, on, you're on the right train of thought there yeah I, it's something like that anyway it's something like it's curl, lock shock and barrel lock shock and barrel Claude, I see I mean it was close um, okay so once the fog rolls in who does Jack place at the head of the reindeer so that he can see through the fog his his dog what's the dog's now, name I need the name oh that's damn. half a point it's not like Spock or Spook or, or Pooch or... No. <laughs> Sorry, friend. Gary. 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 It's 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 Bernard. It's, yeah, it's Bernard again. No, no. It's, it's zero. Is the dog. Zero. 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 Yeah. Come on, zero. Hmm. 
Yeah, okay, you did very well with those questions. Okay, I, I did much better there. I did, yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah, yeah. I'll accept that. I don't feel too bad anymore. <laughs> Looks like I, I lost that, though. Um, well, listen, it, it's all it's just it's just a game. I mean, I was the winner of that game, but uh, somehow, but um, with less questions. But, you know, look, we won't, won't dwell on the fact that, that I was the winner. We, we won't, but you, you, were, you were definitely the winner. <laughs> all right, it's like not never happened. We're like, we're like right back in it. Sorry, hang on, I'll do the little bookender again. And I get a TT. Okay, now we're back. Hello. Do, do you know that's actually ironically we're going to talk about our uh, kind of good pop, one of our favorite moments and stuff like that. That was one of them when you made that noise after my Joker review. <laughs> I mean, I never laughed so hard on this show in that moment. Um. Also, Rob, good news. Apparently, uh, McCaffrey has found no viruses on my PC. Oh, uh, McCaffrey! It's a Christmas miracle. Oh, what a Christmas miracle! Ah, <laughs> Rob. So let's very very quickly. How about we round up some of our best moments of like films or games or whatever you want in 2019? Now uh, the year is coming to an end and we're almost there. What have you What have you enjoyed this year, Rob? What's been your your highlights? I, I there's been, there's been a lot of highlights. I think the film is in a, was in a weird place for me at the start of the year. I thought uh, you you could only succeed if you were a, 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 a not even the case, but you only really had the chance to succeed if you were a massive blockbuster with a massive budget and mark you know for both production and marketing, or you're this little indie horror movie that was able to like 10x its budget because you know people just flocked to see it. I thought the the middle the middle ground movie was was a lost cause. We wouldn't get anything original. But I think this has been an interesting year for original films that have uh you know for things uh, across a variety of genres. And I've realized that some of the highlights obviously there are big ones in there in the superhero district, but we'll get to those in a bit. But um I've really enjoyed some just original standalone movies this year that kind of came out of the nowhere a little bit as in i wasn't expecting them to necessarily be much or didn't know much about them going in and as a result i really enjoyed them so for me such hits as knives out and um uh, brad astra were two real standout films for me this year because they were kind of they were really my cup of tea original stories one was a a, a sort of a, a sci-fi thriller with a sort of mystery thriller as well that i that, that that's knives out and <laughs> Oh, that is nice. That is well, actually, I nice. That was just a mystery, <laughs> mystery. Um, but both two very different films entirely. Like in terms of one is like a, a very funny, very silly, but also has a great kind of whodunit kind of twist to it. And then there's Knives Out. Um, no, I'm kidding. Of course, Brad Astra is the the weird sort of sci-fi epic that wasn't so much an epic, but it's a little bit of a slower pace thing that you didn't <laughs> the particularly sci-fi like. Epic that wasn't an epic. <laughs> the epic that thought it was an epic. Um. Really, I for me those were two cinema experiences in particular that I that I that I really really enjoyed just being in the cinema and just kind of enjoying without worrying about what massive universe is part of you know how many remakes of this are we going to get where is the sequel when is when is Robert Downey Jr. going to show up that kind of stuff it was just a nice kind of just a nice contained two hours that I can enjoy and not stress about whether it was going to be spoiled or blah blah, blah or just you know. It turned into a multimedia franchise kind of thing. So there were two little unexpected treats for me. I'm going to call those my little unexpected nuggets of 2019. How about, how about you? You never want unexpected nuggets, I'll tell you that. Interesting enough, uh, I also had Knives Out as one of them because I only saw it recently, but I thought it was fantastic. And like you said, it was a genre movie that you could watch without knowing, well, with knowing that it's not going to have... 20 sequels it's not part of a franchise mm. that's a complete one and done just enjoy it for what it is uh film a really quick brisk snappy and in and out great and cast out. 
really, I really enjoyed it. So that was definitely one of my highlights. Then obviously for I have like a big circle here in my notes saying fan favorite was um, Bumblebee for me. Oh yeah. I forgot that. I keep forgetting this this year. Yeah, that seems like an eternity ago, if I'm perfectly honest. It really does. But you know what? It's it's what I've wanted for a long time in a mm. Transformers film. Real, real nice heart to the story. Um, real quick, short again, nice story. It it does connect to their films in a way, but not in a way that you can't just watch it on its own, even in the future. You could probably still just put that on and watch it as a standalone thing and it'd be like, yep, that's, that's, that's all you need to know about it. It's fine. It's not complete sequel bait at the end. So really enjoyed that, and obviously there was like lots of Cybertron scenes and lots of Transformers, 80s, retro G1 oh, stuff. Oh, that opening scene is just an absolute beast. It's unbelievable. Oh. It, it looks so good. And sounds good. It's got the actual transformation sounds, and the voices are spot on, and it, it's just what I wanted for a long time, and I was very happy with it. So those are my kind of, my, like you said, the big ones are always going to be there. I mean, I think obviously for both of us, there's no getting around it but Endgame is probably the big the big one mm. oh, listen that was a mammoth and a mammoth task actually I, I don't envy them having to do that I think um, when it comes to like saga topping three hour epics that's not a bad one to have in, in a year when you're reviewing them like that that defied expectations in terms of you know what it was trying to accomplish how it rounded out some of the stories whether it would be a record topping film it turns out it was just pipped avatar so like it, it 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 kind of it really set the standard of what you know a, a multi-film kind of narrative is capable of kind of achieving i obviously you know it's it's not foolproof there's it's a, it's 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 always gonna be a little bit messy when there are 20 films before you and you're trying to neatly wrap them all up with just you know in just the space of three hours or at least try and when you have time travel pay you know you know pay your due, due diligence to all the different folks in it but um that was such a cinematic treat that you had to see that on a big fuck off screen and just really like honest to god people and you people enjoyed that regardless of you know where, where they were based like i like my sister went to see that with having not seen i think a marvel movie since like iron man one or two or something and she just loved that one so it just goes to show that that was just a spectacle worth watching and like you said it had so much on its shoulders and so much to carry but i think it did them all justice and i've watched it recently and it still holds up. It it still really does hold up. It's it's a great movie. It's really well paced. There's good character arcs in it. Yeah, it has that Marvel brand of humor, which can be a little bit frustrating sometimes. But the film is is a gem, an absolute gem. It's really good. But I think it's interesting that both of us had went from kind of a knives out type genre film to also having the big blockbuster Avengers film. You know, I think it just shows that when, when there's a solid story in there, and then like you know, like the cast are good, and like you know. There's there's great potential. Like I I mean there's another one in there that I know that both you and I really enjoyed. Another saga topping epic, uh, How to Train Your Dragon Three was at the, was right at the top of the year. It was um was a great film I thought as well to kind of. Rank. And we are so similar in so many ways. Like I forget that sometimes, but I'm like I had that circled here as well. <laughs> to just like how that's how you end a trilogy properly. Just an absolute film I would describe as literal magic. That, oh, God. that whole trilogy, but. What a way to end it. What a way to show character growth and character development and to bring your character's full arc, to bring it back to the old Bond thing, you know? Oh, That's how you take character from point A, move them throughout the course of a story and leave them at a completely different place <laughs> but stay true into that character that they were like. Mm. I mean, it was, um, it was a real treat. Very emotional. I was like, getting choked up as I was watching it. Oh my God. It was tough. But great. And like great dragons. 
and like a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit hulkier that one. Not as not as kind of grown up. I felt as the other ones sometimes, despite yes, the fact that it completely. was the later one of the series. Um, but I guess you know, you know, they have to be able to deliver on the, those animated movies are expensive to make. So I guess they have to appeal to a, you know a whole range of age groups, right? But um, still, I thought it was a real treat. But that's okay. You don't have to. You don't have to have the dark, imposing debt and all this yeah. over every one of them. You know, and that's again, they already covered that previously. So they know what they don't need to cover it again. The villain was very intense. Very did what he needed to do. Um, lots of callbacks. Lots of nice nostalgia and memory. I just thought that was really well handled. And ending of a trilogy. Really enjoyed it. Some great performances too, and obviously very sad and holds a place in in my heart as well. Oh my god. I guess moving away from me, just because I wanted to talk about these things, because it's it's the end of huge year-long journeys for me, was in comics when uh, both Black Science and Lost Light ended. I haven't read comics as good as these in literal years, um, and I don't think I'll read any as good as them for years to come, which is a shame. But look, they both ended at the very... Uh, well, Lost Light ended at the start of the year, in about March, and Black Science just ended last month. And just fantastic the whole way through for both series um if you haven't read in them pick them up rob i know you have black science the first volumes that right? oh, no, I'm, I'm through to volume four now as it stands uh, I, just, I gotta say the quality just gets better and better and better it's it's absolutely it's really complex magic. which i'm enjoying like it's there's a lot going on like it's jumping all over the place in a good way but it's the to your point i think it's it's when they make the characters really enjoyable it doesn't matter what the scenario is you you just you're you're just every page you're turning you're nervous about what's going to happen next yeah it's, that's a great way to describe it, it. Like, that's a honest, brilliant way particularly with black science it's just has me stressed out the whole time like as and, and like the sci-fi aspect is just the almost the window dressing you know what i mean it's like that's the top of the iceberg and the character and the depth of the characters is what you're actually reading it for and the interplay between but like the, the you know the the time travel complex like whenever you bring time travel into a storyline it gets it comes suddenly becomes very it can become very messy very quickly they handle it quite delicately here because they only tease you with they only, they only give you so much information that gets you through that particular volume. That's all you need. They don't give you more than you need, I think, which is kind of where the master stroke is, I think, in a lot of these volumes, which is super. So it means that you're focusing on the characters, they give you a little bit to kind of give you context. Okay, this person's here because probably this reason, but we're not certain. That's what gives the mystery in there. And yeah, then like there's enough of a hook the whole way through, but yeah. not so much that you don't And there's still subplots with some of the other characters in terms of the relationships and how they you know, who's kind of either coupling up with who or who's who's maybe potentially in cahoots with another person unexpectedly so or who's really calling the shots on this in this Yeah, thing. it's like everyone gets something to do. There's yeah. no character that's there just to and be. And nobody's safe either. Oh it's definitely definitely nobody's nobody safe. Nobody is safe. Some shocking moments. Like as in powerful like as in impactful moments. Like that I was like, Jesus. Did not see that coming. I mean, the first page, there's like there's a character that just gets shot in the head. And she's <laughs> just escaped. I'm like, oh my God, you got to be kidding me. And of course, because like there's lots of flashbacks and different universes and stuff. So you kind of meet some of the characters again and get to view them in different lights. And then, of course, it almost makes you retroactively sad that you didn't get to know this version of that person. And just, mm. I just think that's a really amazing tapestry that they wove and a brilliant story that they tell all the way through to the end. I'm kind of wondering how they hone it all in. Oh well, you, just, you can stop guessing because you, you'll never get it. It's just it's just worth following through. Um, any games, Rob, this year that did it for you? Really? <sighs> no, I haven't done. Honestly, haven't been doing a whole pile of gaming because since I moved to London, I didn't bring the PlayStation with me, so I've kind of I've fallen down on on, on that front a little bit because there's been some big releases this year. I was playing at the start of the year that I really enjoyed. I remember I, I finally like 
finished the whole way through and this is like like two years old at this point but i remember i finished it right at the start of the year i had finally finished um horizon zero dawn which was kind of like this sort of saga for me personally <laughs> that i didn't think i'd ever get through <laughs> this big open world epic of a game but um i thought that was a real <laughs> treat darkest before the dawn well it's it the horizon zero zero dawn there was no dawns left as it turns out but um i don't really have anything let me think well what, what did i really enjoy it's funny because a lot of the games I kind of defaulted to this over the last little while have been kind of just sort of quick couch play games and just quick pick up and plays that I didn't have to put a whole lot of thought into that are just almost more just kind of mindless or sort of gentle stress relievers. Something more therapeutic than embarking on some you know, trek across you know the Wild West in the likes of Red Dead, that kind of thing. I don't think I've been able to handle that at certain points. <laughs> This no, I've, I've, and listen, I've I've definitely been like that as well, and that's why I guess for me, the kind of shock one was uh, Devil May Cry Five, which I got fairly cheap, but turned out to be just amazing fun, and I kind of had forgotten the kind of fun games could be. I mean, the VR is kind of helping with that as well. And like you said, sometimes you're just not able for the seventy or eighty hour trek of a <laughs> of like an I, open world game. I I was sure you were going to say um, it was Untitled Goose Game was your. <laughs> It's up there, to be honest. It's up there. But I think, I mean, I don't know, because I used to love those Devil May Cry games, the new one is just so unashamedly fun. <laughs> and, like, everything about it, from the cutscenes to the fight to the music, is just, just go have fun, you know? Do you know what surprised me, actually? Because I just went mad one day. I was like, I need a, I need something to keep me busy in this airport. So I downloaded the, the, the Call of Duty mobile game. It's they've, They have a Battle Royale mode in it, and, like, a lot of Team Deathmatch modes in it. But not only that, it's good. Like how is that how is that possible? They've figured out a way of managing the mechanic, the gameplay mechanic on a phone. They really, they have to mix it up a little bit. Or they have to make things a little bit more automatic, I guess. When you've got no buttons, no physical buttons, when you've got just your fingers dragging across the screen, I have to say that was impressive for a mobile game and it ran immaculately on my little tonky old mobile phone. That really didn't think I think it was possible. So you know, kudos to them, I would say, in developing that one because that was actually. A really fun little pick up and play thing to have in your back pocket. I mean, I guess they did their duty. Ah, oh, Jesus! Well, if you literally, literally a call. Calls, the, <laughs> there you go. You got there first. All right, then. I guess Rob. Uh, just before we go, well, hang on. TV about, shows. What about TV? I mean, I'm going to say Rick and Morty. So I was. I didn't even want to <laughs> don't go there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'll give. My, I, I I think for me, uh, I've really enjoyed Mindhunter season two. Uh, that came out this year. Fleabag for me was an absolute triumph. That. Honestly, it was that's a, a two season, only six episodes in each season show, and they're done with it. They're that willing to quit while I they're ahead. I need to see the show. I really do. It's fantastic. I implore everyone to watch uh, Fleabag. I thought Russian Doll, that standalone Netflix series, was really good. Lovely, self-contained um, twist on like the Groundhog Day kind of sort of you know um, days repeating kind of a thing. Really love that. And um, what else? Is it? I've started watching. I just started watching. Oh, Chernobyl was phenomenal. Of course, that was unbelievable. Like I couldn't. I've get missed over. so much TV this year. I haven't seen any of these shows. I don't know what it is. I just think either what I've been focusing on going to the cinema more, or I don't know what it is, or reading comics more, or something. But I've de- I've missed so much TV shows. There's there's way too many to think of. Like I've just started the Watchmen HBO show. Um, that's really Apparently interesting, but I haven't seen enough of it to like you know give it a review. But I will say that um, I'll give Mandal- the Mandalorian a little bit of a shout out. Purely because it just wasn't a disappointment. Like I was really concerned <laughs> that would be a complete disappointment, but it's actually um, it's quite interesting. It has there's some really nice, like really enjoyable character dynamics that have kind of as the episodes have progressed that I'm really starting to like. 
and it's just a little bit more contained than the mental bombastic film universe that we've come to expect now so it's nice to have it stripped back to, to, to its basics but still very much committed to the star wars lore and the aesthetic and all that like that that kind of thing i have heard nothing but good things about the mandalorian it's it's not it's not it's not groundbreaking like it's not, it's not it doesn't have the same impact of something as say something like the sopranos or game of thrones or you know that level of of you know something that novel but the craft and the precision and the story is definitely of a high quality for you to like just really enjoy kind of sitting back and watching half our episodes here and there i will i look i'll definitely get onto it uh i mean maybe disney will at some point release over here but even still i will definitely get onto it it looks fantastic i'm sure um, you can track it down i'm not saying i'm, I'm not saying or not saying two or not two to, to, to do some streaming somewhere or somewhere and you know that kind of thing but i'm just saying it can be done it's possible <laughs> i'm just i'm just commenting on that it's possible I'll definitely check that out. And I'm actually, that's one of all the shows you mentioned there. Watchmen, I guess, is there too, but I'm really excited by, by The Mandalorian. Actually, I watched last night the um, the heist episode. Rick and Marty, was it episode three or four? <laughs> three, episode three. Yeah, that one in particular, that's fantastic. Elon Musk is in it, Elon Tusk. Elon Tusk. But the fact that they keep committing to the montage thing that they specifically call out as being so shit. They keep doing it. I mean, the whole episode it just continually devolves every into time. Montages. Every time they do it, I, I'm, I was bursting laughing. I was like, I can't believe they're starting another one. <laughs> Assembling a crew. Oh, I, I mean, I've been pleasantly because remember I was a bit uh, trepidatious about Very, season four. I would nearly but say, but so far I am, I'm actually loving it. There's, there's been at least two or three laugh out moments in every single like laugh out loud property ones oh, yeah. in every episode so far. Even the last one with dragons was just, there's a moment with a mammoth. People will know what it is when I talk about it. It's hilarious. <laughs> I might watch that tonight if it's not today. That's, no, nah, it's been great. I think they have, I think it's good to know that shows haven't disappointed in the same lens of like Game of Thrones did at the start of the year. <laughs> we won't get into that. We won't, we won't get into that beast. It still has time. It does still have time to be fair. I wouldn't be that worried about it. But Rob, now from, from moments in entertainment to ourselves, has there been a particular moment this year, Rob, that you've... I mean, if, I can go first if you want, but has there been anything that's really made you go, ah, that was, that was really good? I, I'll go with mine first because I can let you know what kind of things I mean. Okay. The moment, there's technically two moments, but it was a segment that we will do again, and it was it's called uh, Make This From These, where I give you a list of films, <laughs> and you had to try put together the plot of a film you hadn't seen with them. <laughs> And we did Detective Pikachu and Transformers the Animated Movie. Now, obviously, Transformers the Animated Movie being one of my favourites of all time. And you nailed it. Well, I mean, close enough to nailing it. But even listening back, I mean, I'm just laughing the whole way through out of giddy excitement. And I just, that whole segment has just been one of the highlights of this show for me <laughs> for the whole year. Because it's been absolutely hilarious. Both times we did it. Because I think your movie insight and the logic of your brain is good for what we're trying to do and i think <laughs> i pick good films to do it with so i i can't wait till we do more of that stuff because it's fantastic um i uh i don't i always <laughs> i'd forgotten that you did, we did transformers as well listen the the right the, the guessing the um you're i think you're specifically you're calling about me we, we guessing the the plot too i think detective pikachu was the groundbreaking one there what was hilarious is that I was going to go, I th in my head, I knew that this was coming, but you can't prepare for it until you hear the movies. And it was only on the fly. I started kind of going, all right, I'm just going to go this way. Oh, this probably story would probably go this way because that's what stories do. But then literally the bit where I said, and he's probably the dad was such tacked on, 
such a in the moment just tacked on th- throwaway comment as I was going through it that I was like, all right, sure, I'll add this to the fire and see what happens. <laughs> and lo and behold, <laughs> that's but it, it was so it was so on the nose. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, this is obviously, aside from all the, you know, amazing listeners and support and stuff we have, but just the kind of a moment in a show that I've laughed at. And that was, I, I was even listening to one of them the other day. It was great stuff. I, I um, loved, and I don't know why I keep remembering this one, I, I just, but I was, I, I remember this because I was, I, when I look at the titles of the movies, it kind of jogs my memory a little bit. But um, when you're describing, your description of um, Untitled Goose King, because we mentioned it earlier, I just I had I didn't really know much about it going in other than I'd heard that it existed, and you used the phrase you're just going around being a general prick of a goose. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's something so wholesome and so honest about that that honestly I couldn't stop laughing. And it's actually a really good review of the game, <laughs> as it so happens, because I've gone back since with the lens of knowing how the game actually plays out. So you did a really good job there. But I think if, if I was to describe, if I was to give that game one of those like quick thirty second reviews, that would literally just be a general. You're a general prick of a goose. That's all you need. That's the whole review done on the back of the box. But it's honest. But I think as well, I think I think a real highlight as well because I I doubted it to begin with. I'll put my hands up and say I doubted. It, was the introduction of whistleblowers into the show. <laughs> it's like so good. That's actually proven to be quite a hit. Just just so you know, I, I didn't think surprised. it would, but. Neither did I, as I as I said several times. But um, I I realized now that initially I was like, how is this going to fit? And then I realized like the show is daft enough as it is for it to work. But now I get giddy when we approach the whistleblowers because <laughs> I literally have no idea what's coming. And then I get this shrieky couple of bars of music and I have to figure out this like hideous recreation. <laughs> Of something you might slightly recognize. <laughs> but it's just I have this precious idea of you cooped up in your room, just with like a few bars of music, just <laughs> practicing <laughs> before each episode. That, that, the, I mean, when you said before each episode, Rob, I mean, it is 10 minutes before the episode starts when you're checking your mic that I am like relentlessly trying to get my fingers <laughs> in the correct position on a tin whistle. I mean, that's the best way of doing it. Like, I mean, at least it's, it's, it's at its freshest when you're doing it right beforehand. But yeah, I think that that was that was such a random that like that came out of nowhere. That introduction, you're like, the only reason that's in the show is because you happened across a tin whistle, and now it's just part of the the episode structure. <laughs> and now it's like it has to be there, like has to I, be there. I know people would be there'd be uproar from all the Johns if we got rid of the tin whistle. <laughs> all the Johns and the Bernards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um. Well, then I guess there's just really one more thing to do before we sign off, Rob. Um, and that's of course. Next week's Russ Markham's favorite fact. Edgar Rice hates the show, but also kind of is a fan of it. Anyway, hello. Did you say he's kind of a fan of it? Yeah, but also hates it. <laughs> Mostly hates it. Um, right, so I guess we're going to do the uh, Rob Fact, Ross Fact for next week. Mm. And I'm going to start this week. Please do. So, my Ross Fact is that with 1992's Batman... 1993's The Nightmare Before Christmas and 1994's Ed Wood, Tim Burton directed a film in every year from 1992, 1993, and 1994. <gasps> gasp, gasp, shock. Oh my God. Can you believe it? Anyway, here's that my was a mouthful of, of a bloody thing, I'll yeah. tell you that. Oh, Jesus. Until you hear mine. Okay. Here we go. 
So the rap fact this week is, in the 1995 film Bushwhacked, starring Daniel Stern, who famously played um, Marv in the Home Alone movies. I'm really doubling down on Home Alone today. In that movie, he plays a delivery guy who's on the run after being framed for a murder. This was originally intended to be a spin-off from Home Alone, and all within the same universe. Facts right there. Can you believe all those facts? I mean, facts all over the room right now. <laughs> oh my god, so many facts. Oh my god, so, facts. <laughs> the way you said that was so good. So many facts. <laughs> so many of them. <laughs> oh, Rob, fact attack. Happy Christmas, my friend. We've done it. Our Christmas special is over. We've barreled through. Christmas is over. As far as I'm concerned, it's done. <laughs> That's Before it. it began. Rip, rip it up. <laughs> rip off the calendar. Throw away the presents. Doesn't even open them. Just puts them straight into the bin. <laughs> straight to the fire. Make good kindling. It'd be terrible if there's like fireworks in there. It's like the presents. It's like, it's like exploding around the house. It'd be dangerous. I got you an actual bomb that was supposed to go off on Christmas and you you blew the fuse light earlier. No, it wouldn't be like me. It wouldn't be like you. Nah. Um, guys, we want to say thank you so much to everybody for listening and sticking around with us this year. Obviously, mm. we just reached over a thousand followers and Mental. we're thankful to every single one of you. Really are. We really appreciate uh, you sticking around. Specifically, along all the Johns and the Bernards. Very thankful <laughs> to, the, to, to all the Johns and the Bernards that have been listening. Especially all the Johns and the Bernards. If there's a guy called John Bernard, that guy's our most, our most <laughs> liked follower. <laughs> By a country mile. Way I got you all is right. Um, thanks to all the other podcasts who help us out and like mm. Pod Nation and stuff like that. It really is a big help. But genuinely, thanks to everybody who gets on board and and supports us. And it's been a good few people from the start. Um, I originally was going to like read out a list of people, but I didn't get time to write them down. So I might shout them out, and shout them out on Twitter. But thank you so much to everybody for making this year so awesome for us. Uh, happy Christmas, everybody. Yes, and please. Rob, happy Christmas to you as well, buddy. Ah, uh, happy Christmas to you. And to your and to your own and to your family and to their families and to the extended families of all to bring good People tidings. <laughs> yeah, to just to I hope God, do you have any Johns or Bernards in your family? Yes, I do. I have an Uncle John actually. I have an Uncle John. Look at you, you got you nowhere in Ireland. <laughs> we gotta go get ourselves an Uncle Bernard somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Also, but, um, I thought one of us was going to at least use a movie <laughs> reference there and say, Merry Christmas, everyone. Uh well, you can still say it if you want to. I mean, I, I think I just did like, so. Perfect. Let me, let me tell you this. I'll tell you where the gang can find us. Um, for those of you who are, are, are fresh and you off the, off the press listeners, you can find us at um, capunderstands.com. That's the website. But of course, we're on all good uh, audio players uh, like Spotify, um, SoundCloud, iTunes, um, Podtail, Podnation, um, Podchaser, um, TuneIn. Pod. <laughs> The, the, there's Google Pods, uh, uh, Aerial Pods, uh, <laughs> Earbuds, <laughs> Earbuds, <laughs> Pod. Um, we got Twitter that Ross uh, handles with uh, to 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 great commitment and aplomb. Um, with to, to the tune of one thousand and a bit followers, one thousand and change. We'll say that's at Cap Understands. And you can actually also email us, uh, uh, the, the, the lads at Cap Understands. We'll get to Ross and I as well. There's a whole barrel of outlets that you can actually target us with. Target's a terrible word, but you <laughs> yes. know what I mean. Wait, hey, whoa, wait. <laughs> a barrel of outlets. You can target it with us. Hold on a second, <laughs> Rob. Are we going to get shot? I just opened the gift. It's a gun. I found it. <laughs> no, that was about time. It was, oh, I, I opened mine. I have a clip. 
<laughs> How poetic. We'll use it on Saturday together. Yes. Rob, me, me and Rob are going on the old big sesh on oh Saturday. God. It plans to be it? fun, that's for sure. Yeah. Reunited at long last. We might do a, a, a few sneaky sound bites. Uh, <laughs> we might actually. That could the be lads fun. on the town, and we'll just we'll just we'll just cash those into one of the episodes here and there. <laughs> Not even necessarily in the next one. Just like six months down the road, there's just a five minute of our drunken review of like I don't know some episode on TV that we just saw the day before. It'd be great. Our new ep- our new email address: the lads on the town. <laughs> the lads on the town. <laughs> That's definitely taken. Oh, 100%, of course. There's no Jesus Christ on this. I'm surprised ours wasn't. But look, um, yes, we're done, everyone. We got our Christmas episode done. We had our all the year roundup, all the good stuff that happened, the good shows, the good games, the good crap we talked and all that the stuff. The good crap. Didn't even mention That is Avengers such a perfect Endgame encapsulation of, of what we do. The good crap. It's what we cover anyway. All, all, those, un- all those unexpected nuggets. The good crap. Oh, geez. I thought you were going to go back to the, uh, the... We're shooting the shit again. It's all connected. <laughs> It's a circular thing, baby. But I will say now that all that's left to say is, I've been Ross. Uh, And I've been Rob. And this has been, I understood that reference. Merry Christmas. And thanks so much for listening. Merry Christmas, movie house. Movie house. That's that's another reference, right? (laughs) (laughs) Movie house, is it? Quick, say a Home Alone reference, quick. Oh, Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. There you go. That's a good one to end it on. (laughs) Goodbye, everybody. Good luck.